Since I started putting special effects together, one of my highest priorities has been to tell the story of beatboxing in its full form. So for the most part, that manifested in telling a full story of what the community is, how it got to where it is now, and later in the season, where it's going. But over and over again, I kept coming across amazing stories that didn't fit the narrative. But you need to hear them. What's the, what's the audience uh, for this podcast? Here's the, here's the age-appropriate one. Even if a few of the stories were filtered out, here's an episode of beatbox-related stories that you need to hear. Some are from me, some are from beatboxers, but they are all worth a listen. This is Storytime with SpeciFX. Late Saturday night at the American Beatbox Championships, I was sitting at a table with some heavy hitters. Amit, Trungbao, Decoy, Hunty Beats, and Audicle. There were nuggets and fries making their way around the table. And all of a sudden, the conversation focused in on the funniest beatbox sound of all time. Alexino's tennis ball pop. Everyone started making the sound, myself included. And I noticed Audicle was frowning in the corner because he couldn't make the sound. I was like, yo, I can make a beatboxing sound that Audicle can't? He plays 17th at the World Champs. I still suck at beatboxing, but that's among my proudest beatboxing moments. The next day, I was interviewing Ballistic's mom, Vanessa, and she told me another funny Audicle story. So, I love all of the people that I've met in the community and the one funny story that you had kind of questioned before was um, Audicle. He has always, I've seen him at a few events and he always calls me Ballistic's mom. And so last time I saw him, he came up and said, Hey, what should I continue to call you, Ballistic's mom or Miss Ballistic's? And I said, No, just call me Vanessa. I'm not picking on Audicle. He's a sick guy. This just kind of happened. But I feel for him. It's always awkward with your friend's parents. Vanessa's super chill though, so it's fine. Other non-beatboxers, less so. The next four stories are about non-beatboxers who just don't get it. Bosses, people on the highway, and unsuspecting TV hosts. Let's start with Tyla W. and Kayla Milady. One office I was in, uh, they had a bunch of events connecting a bunch of offices. So I was beatboxing and I was just trying out some whistles and some dumb crap, right? And then like I, I just had some lady walk. She goes, do you have a bird in your office? Like, What the hell's going on in there? I worked at a flower shop one time. I would start beatboxing. And I remember one day she was like, Kayla, turn the music down. Like you can't play music while you're working. And I was like, Liz, um, I'm not listening to music. It's not music. Sorry. She's like, miss, I told you, you are not allowed to listen to music out here. That is not professional. We cannot have music on the floor, blah, blah. And I was like, Liz, like I'm, it's not, I'm not listening to a radio. I promise it's me. And she's like, what do you mean it's you? You could see the fury in her eyes. And I was like, Liz, like I promise. And then I, when I beatboxed, like her whole face changed and she was like, oh, 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 well, oh, okay. That's, that's perfectly okay. Oh my, oh my gosh. And we all changed. But before that, uh, I thought I was going to get fired. My license plate is beatbox, right? I have a vanity plate that says beatbox on it, right? Um, Cause I, I am that, I am that special human. I was driving to uh, South Carolina with my girlfriend and we were doing a late night drive. So we ended up driving through some like hillbilly town and it was like, I don't know, like 
midnight, 1 a.m., some late-ass hour. And so I have these cut these like country cops just like stopping us because they're stopping everyone who rolls through because they want to catch drunk drivers and whatnot. And they're like, uh, sir, what is a beatbox? And I'm like, ah, yeah, let me just like, let me, let me do something for you. He goes, all right. And I beatbox. And he's like, oh, that's cool. You have a good night now. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? That police officer had no idea what he was getting into. Sometimes, though, beatboxing catches you off guard even when you think you know what's coming. Trung Bao performed on TV in Vietnam, and he absolutely zapped the show's host. The, the story was the, the MC wanted it to be fun, so she's like playing it with me. She's like, okay, I'm going to ask you uh, how, how to beatbox. You're going to show me like the basics. So I was like, poo, chi, ka, and then she could do that. She's like, poo, chi, ka, chi, poo. And then after that, it's like, she's like, oh, can, it, can you teach me something harder? So I just go, <laughs> and then she's just like blank. I've made a real effort to portray beatboxers as serious artists, and they are. But make no mistake, beatboxers are absolute clowns. Let's start the silly stories with his non-existence, Reaps One. Yeah, I was on this bus, and as you do as a beatbox, you kind of quietly beatbox to yourself. And uh, some guy heard it and was just like, it does happen sometimes. He's like, oh, like, you're a beatboxer. He's like, oh, like, we should, like, you want to like, have a like, classic cliche, like, do you want to have a battle? And he was there with his girlfriend. And I was just like, no, man, like, I'm just chilling. Like, I, I don't beatbox that much. I'm just like, because I can't be bothered. I'm not, I'm not interested. And he just turns back and he's like, oh, he's probably, like, he's probably, like, terrible. But I just kind of just, like, sort of throw away and saw me. I was like, do you know what? Okay. I was like, come on then. So anyway, I just like go in and just do like some crazy Reaps One like hyper stuff. And he stops. Like, he's like, his body angry. He's like, oh, like fair play, fair play. But, uh, he, and he's like, man, like that was amazing. But I've got like one complaint. I'm like, what? He's like, you sound too much like Reaps One. <laughs> and that is a genuine, true story. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I've, I've always loved that. I found it very, very entertaining. If you ever needed proof that Reaps One does not exist... There you go. And more on that later. But for now, let's hit World Beatbox Camp with Heirloom Beats. At Beatbox Camp, um, we figured out that Scott Jackson pronounces the word dragons like dragons, and that was hilarious. <laughs> okay. First night at Beatbox Camp, I'm sitting there. I think I'm talking to Swish Beatbox. I'm talking to him. Then all of a sudden, Scott Jackson taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, um, can I borrow you real quick? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So he takes me over. It's Reaps One. Tom Thumb, Sinjo, and Ball Z. And they're all like looking at me with their arms crossed and like smiling. And I was like, what the fuck is about to happen, right? And then they're like, we need you to answer one question. Finish this sentence. Dungeons and... And then I answer, dragons? And they're like, thank you. And then Scott looks at me like, what? I was like, dragons? And they're like, he was like, no, it's dragons. <laughs> like... No, Scott. <laughs> it's dragons. They were talking about inward drags, and he was like, oh, I got my inward drag. And people were like, what the fuck? Inward drag? <laughs> he was like, yeah, it's an inward drag. Anyway, shout out to Scott, too, because I freaking love Scott. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're the light of my life. I love Scott. Before you guys think special effects will stand for any Scott Jackson slander, the Raptors won the finals, Scott Jackson is the GOAT, and he should be inducted into the Beatbox Hall of Fame twice, once for his beatboxing and again for his hosting. Now, it's worth noting that most of these stories happened recently, 
like within the past year or so since like 2018. And in case you thought beatboxing being weird is a new thing, here are three older stories. We'll start with Kazu at the 2013 Midwest Champs, move to Kayla sometime in the mid-2010s, and finish with Jeff Thatcher, who has been a vocal percussionist since before I was born. I remember I met Rascal. He drove in beatboxing on a microphone that was attached to a speaker in his back seat. He was driving and beatboxing on his mic. I was like, yeah, that, that is the American scene. That is totally the definition of the American scene. Um, when I was in the beatbox house, we went to Mexico. So we were sitting in a golf cart before our Uber came in the hotel. And we were kind of just like messing around with each other. And I didn't know that the keys were in the golf cart. So I was like, yo, Kenny, dare me to drive this thing backwards, not expecting it to go backwards at all. Um, little did I know that when I put the foot on the pedal, it went reverse screeching into the hotel. Um, and everybody came out of the hotel and me and Kenny were like, uh, pst, pst, it's okay. <laughs> and just kind of like ran away. When you're a beatboxer, you have to be prepared for anything. And that includes driving a golf cart backwards. But it also includes more simple things, like what to eat and what not to eat before a performance. I learned early on that you don't eat certain things within an hour of the show. Uh, you don't eat things like wheat thins, anything that's going to stick to your teeth. Things get weirder, especially when my family is involved. For this next story, you need to know that my youngest brother is named Noam. Dota means aunt in Hebrew. Ima means mom in Hebrew, and Grandy and Papa are my grandparents. Yeah, so Noam was at Dota Rachel's house a, a long time ago. He was young, and Grandy and Papa were there, and we weren't there. And Grandy got all Grandy and was like, Rachel, do you know where Noam is? Have you seen Noam? She's all freaking out and everything. And Dota Rachel says to her, Ima, just stop talking and listen. And then she was like, oh, I hear him. <laughs> Generally speaking, siblings have it rough. In my family, everybody makes noise, so nobody has the right to complain. Not that it stops any of us. But in other families, there's only one beatboxer, and it can get sweaty. Here's Galusha's younger sibling. There's been a lot of times where he's kept me up because his room is right next to mine, and so I'll have to tell him, like, can you turn it down? I'm trying to sleep. A lot, that happens a lot. You can always hear where beatboxers are, no matter the level. From my baby brother, to the American Loop Station vice champ, to a two-time world semifinalist, the concept applies all the same. Here's Decoy. At World Beatbox Camp, the very first one ever, I was in Ballsy's workshop. It was a university, so we were inside of a classroom, a typical one, uh, just like a lecture hall. And there were panels on the ceiling. And when Ballsy was doing his lip rolls during his beat, he accidentally knocked out a ceiling tile because of how low his bass was. And it just came crashing down on uh, one of the people in the front. And uh, apparently Napalm did the same thing in an earlier lecture in a class of his. And then they competed after that for who could get more tiles down. I'm pretty sure Ballsy got more down. When I was about 10, I burped so loud a towel fell off the bathroom wall. I've been in an argument with one of my best friends for well over a decade about whether or not that is true. 
I hope this ballsy anecdote finally convinces him I was telling the truth. Sounds are powerful. I teased a special Reaps One story earlier, and it's time to deliver on that promise. Many people want to know why Reaps One does not exist, and when I got him in a room, I was not going to pass up the opportunity to ask him what that means. Uh, I kind of don't want to explain it. So, so the idea is um, I went on to Twitter one day, and it told me that I didn't exist. And it was like, Reaps One does not exist. And I had, uh, I had no followers, and it was just a blank slate. And I was like, wow, that's, quite, that's kind of interesting. Like... Like the absence of that, or it might have been Instagram actually as well, because I, like uh, I, that's the one I use the most. And um, I remember thinking, oh wow, like it's so funny that that whole that whole sort of connection to the world just disappearing like that. Um, I started thinking like who, like like who, like all those different people. What do they think and who I am and like what is my like how do they know me and and they all everyone has some different experience of the things that I've done like beyond my understanding like I don't know exactly what everyone thinks of the projects I do and um I I came to that realization I was like wow like yeah reaps one doesn't really exist like it it's kind of in everyone's minds but they they don't know me and like and it, and Harry who's my actual name is a separate entity to reaps I've always said that like when I'm on stage I change like my eyes switch and I like get this like laser beam focus and I kind of become something else a little bit. And uh, and then I, I liked the way, I just liked that question it made. And I liked when I started saying it, how people didn't understand what it meant. And they start going, what does it mean? Like how, why are you saying that? And I started seeing all of these different debates and conversations about what it means and why, uh, like uh, what it represents. And, uh, and eventually... Uh, for myself like all these these um things that i'm doing it is that thing of like it doesn't matter what anyone thinks um or that i should be doing it doesn't matter because reach one does not exist it's about it's about what i should want to be doing at the time um and it's just become a meme and like and it, and it, it just it sounds cool on merch, when people see it, like people ask me all the time, like, like, what's Reaps One? Who's Reaps One? Like, and like people message me who buy the merch. They're like, everyone's asking me, like, like, what is Reaps One? Because it's almost like a, um, it's like a paradox, isn't it? And it's it's like uh, it makes people go, why? Do, what is that? Why doesn't it exist? Instead of it just saying Reaps One. So there's there's novelty in there. There's a little bit of existential kind of fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, just never forget, Reaps One does not exist. That's that. Reaps One does not exist. Call Ballistics Mom Vanessa, and follow the trail of noises to find one of my brothers. Oh, and I really did burp so loud a towel fell off the wall. Don't believe anyone who says otherwise. In episode 7, we will return to the beatboxing story with gusto. Every community has its struggles, and the beatboxing community is no different. It's time to examine the beatbox community under a microscope during the biggest week of the beatboxing calendar. World Beatbox Camp and the Beatbox Battle World Championship. You can hit us up with questions at specialfxpodcast at gmail.com or at specialfx on Instagram. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, I'm Tani Levitt, and this is SpecialFX. Ish. What is your favorite fart noise to beatbox? my favorite fart noise to beatbox. See, I don't, I'm not like the wet ones. I like the old, like the ones that sneak out. They're like a little too tight. I like the, like almost like a creaky door. Like I like those ones. My butt's a trumpet, let's go.